Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are going through the Bible, the whole Bible. And we are now in the book of Exodus. And we're going to start moving a little bit faster now. We've gone a little bit slow through Genesis, just trying to lay a foundation. And now we're in the book of Exodus. And Exodus is where we get our word exit from. Coming out of. When you're leaving, you go through the exit. Well, the reason this is called Exodus is because there's going to be some people leaving. Where are they going to be leaving? They're going to be leaving Egypt. And who's going to be leaving Egypt? It's going to be the children of Israel. So the story is this. If we go back into Genesis chapter 12, God calls out this guy Abraham for no specific reason except he calls him. It's just grace that he calls him. And he gives him seven promises. He says, I'll make you into a great nation, which they are. He said, I'll bless you. They've been blessed. He said, I'll make your name great. Well, his name, Abraham's name is great, as is the name of the nation. Uh, great. Everybody knows it. You'll be a blessing. Everybody knows it globally around the world. Everybody has known it through the centuries. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. That's because Jesus, the Messiah, is going to come through this family tree. And then in verse 7, he says, I'll give you some land. I'll give you the land where you are right now. Well, this guy, Abraham, he was old. God had promised him that he was going to have a child. And Abraham and his wife were old, and they didn't know how that was going to happen. So he ends up sleeping with the housekeeper, thinking that that way he'll have a child, and that child will inherit everything that's his. But that wasn't God's plan at all. In fact, the, the whole plan went awry. Uh, but God blessed the boy anyway, and he told him that he would uh, be... Uh, the father of uh, ten kings or ten princes. Abraham ends up having the child in, in uh, his old age, and the child's name is Isaac, laughter, and I'm sure they were laughing when the, the boy came out and the boy was born, and I'm sure he brought a lot of joy to them. So they had the one child, uh, Isaac, and of course Ishmael, the other boy. And uh, Isaac had a son, uh, named Jacob, and Jacob ends up having 12 sons. And those 12 sons, uh, he had preferred sons, the ones that were born late, the ones that were born 11 and 12, he sort of preferred them. Long story short, they end up in Egypt during a famine. And there they are in the famine. And they have great favor Pharaoh down there in Egypt gives them a certain part of the land and tells them to do well, and he likes them and treats them well and lets them grow, and they do grow, and they grow quite a bit down there in Egypt. And when the famine was over, they did not return. They stayed in Egypt. And they grow into very large numbers. Uh, people make different estimates of how many they grew to, but by the time we get here to the book of Exodus, is about 400 years later, and there's a few million of them, men, women, boys, and girls. Well, at some particular point, uh, the ruling pharaoh said, you know what, uh, these guys here, this is hundreds of years later, right? They're like, there's a lot of these people, and they're not Egyptians. They might rebel against us, and if they do, man, that's going to be quite a force coming against us. And they made them slaves. And they built many of the cities in Egypt, according to uh, the scripture, according to uh, the book of Exodus, the book of Genesis, they built some cities. So, uh, not so much the book of Genesis, but in Exodus. So, we're going to read it. This is Exodus, chapter 1, verse 1. Now, these are the names of the sons of Israel, also known as Jacob, that went down into e Egypt with Jacob. 
each one with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Ishakah, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all, and Joseph was already in Egypt. So 70 of them go down. Now that would have been the sons, their wives, kids that they bring down. There's 70 of them. Now that's a, that's a great family reunion, isn't it? 70 people, imagine that on the 4th of July or some other time that everybody gets together and there's 70 of you. Wow, so quite the family. Now Joseph and all his brothers in all that generation died. So the ones that went down into the famine and Joseph, who was ruler in Egypt, they all died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful and they multiplied greatly and they increased in number and they became so numerous the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, now he was a hero to Egypt in the story, he said, look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come on, we need to deal shrewdly with them, or they'll become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they'll join our enemies and they'll fight against us and leave the country. We need to do something about these guys. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithon, and they built Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. They were like, oh, these guys... And they worked them ruthlessly. They had made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and all kinds of work in the fields. And in all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. Now, the people aren't taking a liking to this kind of treatment. And the king of Egypt, he said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, when you're helping the Hebrew woman during uh, childbirth on a delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. Well, they wanted the girls to live, but they didn't want the boys to live. Why? Because they saw them as a threat and they didn't want an increasingly large army, but they let the girls live. The midwives, however, feared God and didn't do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. So they didn't do it. They refused. This is called civil disobedience. When you disobey civil authorities when you're given an order. And there's a place in our lives where we should disobey civil authorities. Now, you'll have to come up with those examples in your own mind, in your own head. Of you know, At what point would you disobey civil authorities? And you can't say, well, civil disobedience, it's a righteous thing to do. I'm not going to obey the speed limit. No, you should obey the speed limit. And probably, at least in the nation that we're living in right now, there's nothing that I can think of off the top of my head that you're being demanded that you do these things. Now, there are some things that might be pretty close, and uh, there might be some things that will come down the pike pretty soon. And you might just have to say, no, I will not, I will not do that. Do to me whatever you want to do to me, but I'm not going to do that. God will bless you for it. You may die for it, you may end up in jail for it. There may be a consequence. There may be a fine. But you'll have a clear conscience and you'll live before God. And God will bless you. The king of Egypt summoned the midwives and he said, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And the midwives answered Pharaoh, Well, the Hebrew women, they're not like you Egyptian ladies. 
They're vigorous, and when they give birth before the midwives arrive. God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased, and they became even more numerous. And the midwives feared God, and he gave them families of their own. So they're growing, and they're growing there in Egypt. And then Pharaoh gave this order to all of his people, Every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but every girl live. Trying to ruin them, trying to cut off the Hebrew people. Now, this is interesting. This is really sort of a satanic attack. Uh, kill the boys. And, but it's going to be through this family that the Messiah Jesus is going to come. And there's a few other places in the scripture. Remember, we said that it sets the pace and there's other places in scripture. Well, the same thing happened with Herod when Jesus was born. That Herod said, kill all the boys. But the family fled away from Herod. If all the boys would have died according to the decree, then there would be no Jesus. There'd be no salvation. And so it was satanic. And you find the same thing in Revelation chapter 12 when uh, you, you, you see it trying to kill the child that is born, trying to kill the child of promise. And so this is satanic and it fits into wanting to thwart the work of God. It comes into trying to stop the work of salvation. And it also fits into, as we go through the Bible, we'll see that there has always been anti-Semitism even to this day. Even to this day. And so we'll pick up with the birth of Moses in the next one. And it's going to become quite an exciting story as God is going to exit these people out of their slavery. But there's a type there, isn't there? Because God exits us out of our slavery, our bondage to sin and to Satan and to the flesh. So we'll continue. Book of Exodus.